With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by James and Paddy as we cover all things Celtic. Despite what Michael Beale and the gang will tell you, Celtic actually won Saturday's Glasgow Derby, a result that puts Ange Postacoglu's side within touching distance of a second successive title, with just seven games now remaining. James, your initial thoughts now that the dust has kind of settled from Saturday's win, and what's been your Celtic moment of the week? I think it's a really interesting result and performance from Saturday. There's a lot to learn from that, you know. Um, I would say, for all their talk, they cannot shut their mouths, it's embarrassing. But it, they set up like a Livingston, like a Ross County, you know, to spoil and to stop our flow. And they had a bit of success for that, but no more or no less than St Mirren, Livy and, and Ross County do. So if, if that's their target, then oh, go for it. Um, but I think there's a lot for us to learn in terms of how we counter that. When we're, everything I look at this, this season is looking forward to next year um, and Europe. So when we come up against challenges, how we overcome them, not get knocked off our stride. I think a few players were off the boil, uh, certainly in the first half, not just Moy. Um, and, you know, that's maybe to be expected by him. But we, we need to counter these things. So lots for the guys to learn. I'm sure it's a relatively uncomfortable day for them in training today. So we'll see where that goes and what they can learn from it. In terms of moment of the week, great, great effort from the uh, the Celtic end fans. I think it's the boys that organised it. They had the big flag and the big display. And it just, it, when you actually seen the, the view of the players coming out of the tunnel and just turning to the left, it was fantastic. So that's going to give that moment of the week. Yeah, price bit so. back then. Brilliant display. Paddy, just as James is talking about some of the the tactical approach from Rangers. We done the post match. Uh, I described them as the the light blue Livy. They were just looking for free kicks in around the box and just to, to lump it in and hope for the best. But what's your general take on on how things went on Saturday? Obviously, you've got the your big prediction about Celtic potentially winning the league by twenty points, and fingers crossed for that. The gap's now twelve. Can you see us making up that difference in the the games ahead? If we, if we, obviously if we keep going and we get the victory against the Ibrox, the collapse is um, on. It, it could it could happen. But what I have to say and. <clears throat> Maybe not a lot of Celtic fans will, will like me saying this, but I actually thought that was their, their best performance against us in a long time. Um, I know where you guys are coming from um, in terms of what we we face week in, week out at Celtic Park and just that kind of staggered approach and very, basically just try to shut us down as best as they can and try and gain um, try and gain a bit of space in the park with, with, with free kicks here or there. I actually thought that what I, I'd kind of said in the in the um, pre-match was that they were going to get in our faces a lot more and they were going to kind of be up, up to speed with us in the middle of the park a lot more. I didn't see Aaron Moy having the kind of game that he did and I know we'll go no, on about that. Yeah. Um, but I generally thought that they were they were definitely, um, they, they were keeping up with us. What seemed to be the deciding factor for me on Saturday was our quality uh, and that that is where they are massively lacking in. Um, but having said that, they played to their strengths on Saturday, and we still we we were really really poor. Um, not 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 really poor. That's a bit harsh from me, but we we could play better. We know we can, and I think to still go and 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 win three two and and just yeah, great result. A great result. I don't think it was as easy as a lot of fans are are trying to make it out to be. I think it was a difficult game for us on Saturday. Yeah, we'll get into some of the finer detail just about you know what the differences were between the two sides on the day, and you know. As you alluded to, part of that wee bit of quality, I think, got us over the line. What about your own Celtic moment of the week? Uh, Celtic moment of the week was the snaps. Uh, he's always really on the ball uh, from Hardy on Twitter. Yeah. Um, some great pictures from him every every uh, every time at Celtic Park. But uh, the one for me, I, I, I will obviously try and share it on the Twitter, is uh, it's the moment the ball crosses the line when Jota's uh, taking it past McGregor. He's away. And he's away. He's he's not even looking at it going, going over the line. But it's Alan McGregor's reaction is just absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, so that's, that's my moment of the week. Yeah, uh, Hardy's got a whole reel of brilliant images. Yeah. So if you don't already follow him on Twitter, do so. It's at Hardy, H-A-R-G-I underscore. Some really, really good images from the day and some really good stuff there so to enjoy. Bad. 
Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. So we'll get started with the big topic and we'll be looking at some of the key moments that led to another Celtic win at the weekend and also some of the cringy excuses that we're starting to hear from the Rangers camp in the aftermath. We'll then move on to this week's Mystery Celt where the lads will be challenged once again to name their mystery former player. After that, we've got a really interesting listener's question where we'll look at some of the unsung heroes from the current squad as well as from years gone by. And finally, we'll close out this week's show by bringing you something which we think you'll enjoy from this week in Celtic media. Okay, so let's get the ball rolling with this week's big topic. Celtic's 3-2 win on Saturday means we've now won three, drawn one and lost none of our four games with Rangers this season, scoring 11 goals in the process and conceding just five. It's a result that leaves us 12 points clear at the top of the table as well as 29 goals better off. Rangers, despite some of the bravado you may hear, now haven't won against Celtic in six league fixtures. So on that note, today we'll look at some of the key moments on the park that led to Celtic's win, as well as some of the noise we're we're hearing off the park since the final whistle blew, which highlight the striking differences in where each of the teams are at this moment in time. Paddy, let's look first of all at the starting lineup and Celtic's first half performance in general. What's your initial thoughts on how we started the game? Yeah, I think the the lineup was, you know, something I think we were happy with um, whether it been Awata or whether it been uh, it, it been Aaron Moy or Matt O'Reilly coming into that position I think we were happy with with whatever lineup we were kind of go as long as long as obviously Callum McGregor was going to be there um, for, for me I just think that the first 20 minutes we showed that this possibly was the game that we knew if we won we've won the league and I think maybe those little bit of, little bit of nerves kind of creeped into some of the players that maybe just haven't experienced that, um, that fixture in its capacity and and, and understood the the, the the severity of it. Um, it took us a little bit of time just to get settled on the ball with a few wayward passes coming from players that we know are, are stalwarts for us. I, I look at Cameron Carter-Vickers, for example, a lot of stray passes from him. But again, that that is a massive sign of just how much it means to them as well. And you know what? If if anyone allowed, is allowed a bit of a first half off day, it's someone like Cameron Carter-Vickers, in my opinion. Yep. So no, I just thought, uh, good... Good, uh, good overall performance from us, but yeah. You mentioned just how much it means to guys like Carter Vickers and others, and I think might have been from Hardy's photos, but certainly there's there's an image doing the round. In fact, it's video, but it shows you the moment Jota's yeah. uh, goal rolls over the the line, and you can see Johnson and Carter Vickers in the background. They hit the deck in elation. You know they're absolutely buzzing. The rest of the guys go and celebrate with Jota, and they hit the deck. Such as the the importance. Uh, of the goal James I think we were all pretty happy with Aaron Moy returning you know I've joked with you in the post-match about how I was absolutely all for a Wata starting mm-hmm. in the six but Moy was still in my team it was Moy and McGregor um, you know happy as you lads were with Moy starting maybe just I'd, listen every player can have an off day you know mm-hmm. it's easy at this point to just go oh, it's Aaron Moy maybe he is 32 after all and maybe he's not the answer you know it'd be unfair to pin that on him after one game it can happen to any footballer at any time but it just wasn't his day you know there's no getting away from that and Maybe that, you know, he kind of, I don't want to say set the tone, I don't want to pin it on him, but as Paddy says, it wasn't just Aaron Moy, there was some slackness from Carter Vickers, a wee bit from Maida at one point, and I wouldn't quite say slackness from Starfelt, but there was a lack of confidence from Starfelt to get that pass quicker out to Greg Taylor or out to Maida on the left. What do you put it all down to? Yeah, in, on the latter point, you saw McGregor and Postacoglu at various points during the game kind of you know, shuriken guys for that, you know, taking the easy option. Um, you know, we, we give... Some players a hard time for not, you know, taking the, the risky pass that Harry Kuehl gives them license to do, but they were all kind of at it on on Saturday, um, and that slows us down. You know, the the slack passing that's infectious, you know, because someone is a, a bit nervy, Moy makes a slack pass, you're then worried by that. That leads into your game, and it shouldn't. You know, we've all you know, they're, they're very mentally strong. We said, you know, in the post match that we felt the mental strength was was lacking a wee bit, but they still had the mental strength to go over the line, but in terms of the usual composure. Um, so they just failed to set that reset button when they had a couple of wee blips. And that's a, an excellent training opportunity if you like to take into training and, and work on. So um, it's there's nothing endemic in this. And we need to you know, worry about it long term. No. It's just the occasion, you know, they, what it means to them, but they know what it means to us as well. And that that's obviously a good sign within itself. So I think it's just a wee bit more, you know, relax, play your game, you know your game. It's part of their ongoing education as footballers as well, Paddy. For the most part, we've got a pretty young squad there and some of them, I look at guys like Alistair Johnson, he's probably not won a title. In fact, I know he's not because he, he said, said the League Cup yeah. was his first trophy. Um, there's other young lads in around the squad and you know some guys maybe still just finding their feet at this kind of 
you know, level and this level of competitive uh, football. Um, but Ange himself was speaking after the game. He was delighted first and foremost. You know, he, again, he stressed that he knows how much this game means to so many people and, you know, how he was so happy that his group of players sent us all home happy. Um, but he did mention that there was a slight anxiety in the play. Yeah. You know, he acknowledged that that was part of what was going on. Yeah, I, 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 I think we all kind of picked up on that. And I, again, I think it kind of comes from we, we, we I spoke about obviously the lack of quality between the um, obviously from from Rangers in comparison to what we have on offer because I definitely think it has been a quality that's seen as over the line. Their their only hope was this adrenaline that they had from their, their mid three and this is a big opportunity for them. And when you look at someone like even Tillman, um, you, Till, Tillman's job was to look after Callum McGregor, and every time it, the ball went to McGregor, there was three of them around him. You know, they knew that he's the one pulling the strings. So when you get the slack passes or when you get the the, the opportunities of bringing the ball out, of, out, out the back, the, the one play we normally go through is, is McGregor. So the, that, that was that was what they wanted to do from the get-go. You could definitely see that. But ha having said that, it's the first time I've also seen a, a Celtic team go long with the goal kicks. It's the first time. Just, just what we were kind of getting forced into. Did it did it put us off? No, absolutely not. They and that, they, they totally adjusted and it's maybe not the natural rhythm that they're used to compa compared to what they play against every every week. It was probably a, real, a hard test for them and, and with everything on the line, I, I think, you know, it's a very gritty performance from us on Saturday. Yeah, what's going to be really interesting moving forward initially into the, the League Cup, sorry, the Scottish Cup semi-final and beyond, everybody, and now Michael Beale included, know by and large how Celtic play. They know the principles of Ange Postacoglu's style and system and, you know, it's hard to deal with, but at least you can look at it at face value and say, well, this is how they play. Now we've had a glimpse at what Bill wants to do against us. So Ange will now take that information, that 95 minutes or so of information, whether it's today, tomorrow, or some point in the coming days. And with him and his coaching staff, they'll sit and go, okay, I don't know, if three guys go to McGregor, there must be a space elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's fine, take your three. He'll then pop it across to Moy, O'Reilly, Hattati, whoever's playing on the day. So he'll look to pick holes in that. And you know, with the experience Ange has got, he's got the ability to do so and I think that could really play into our hands. I think so too and what I actually found very interesting is when Awata came on, he was actually the one that was making that space. His movement off the ball was really, really great to see and he started to pull Rashkin about quite a bit um, and then you were you were noticing, right, hang on, we're going to grab this fixture here. We go on and score the third goal very quickly as yeah. well. I think it's really important to highlight that work from Awata because... Maybe so. Maybe obviously at the game, and you, you know you see different things, and hopefully it was picked up on the telly. But there was you know, he came on around about sixty minutes, I think it was, and he was he was the guy making the options, making the triangles for his teammates. He was dropping deep at times. He was pulling out wide. He was dropping into a hole in the ten. You know, at different times, mm -hmm. just to make sure that whoever was receiving the pass had an option. He looks like one of those players, James. You talk a lot about. James McCarthy and I think Aidan McGeady spoke about him saying he's a dream as a teammate because he's always available I think Iwata is going to be that guy I'm really excited about him there's going to be a wee bit more on him later on the show but I thought he added a real calmness and, and assuredness to what we were doing yeah. separate from that so yep you know quite a shaky start some slack passing and all that um, there's then two goals ruled out uh, for each side Kyogo's I have no issue with that I think you lads will agree look offside and good decent, ball a good ball I was yeah. going to say decent Aye. goal Aye. decent finish, finish. Yeah. Um, but rightfully ruled offside then you've got Morelos's goal, inverted commas. Uh, I'll come to you first, Paddy, a clear push or is Alistair Johnson making the most of it or maybe a wee bit of both? I've, I've watched it back like quite a lot and there's a, a really good angle for Rangers fans and there's a really good angle for Celtic fans, I yeah. think, with us. Um, for me, it's a foul. It is a foul. I think you can't you can't do that with your two hands. They're both grabbing at each other. That's natural in a box. That's just standard of football. But there's a blatant two hands on his back. What I would say is very clever from Johnson because he's, he's he has misjudged it entirely mm. and he misjudges the other one in the second half against Morelos too. Um, something for him to look out for and something for him to get better on. But um, he he's clever in going down, but he's felt the contact and if a player feels the contact, he's every right to go down, yeah. in my opinion. James, having covered the post-match with you, I think you're much along the same lines as Paddy there. goes on in every single box and every single level of football, top to bottom. And most of the time you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. So I would say it's even becoming a 50-50 with, with Varn Vov because Clancy knows he's got cameras on him. He's like, well, if I see that and I don't give it, and it's crucial, so I'm going to call it. He's called it. Var haven't got anything that they can overrule with because Clancy's given a push. Yep. Is there a push? Oh, yeah, there is a push. It's some VAR operator that turns around and says, I'm overruling that because there's no push because there is. But he, he, so, they can't. 
They, yeah. nah, they actually can't. They can say, we think you've made a mistake. It's up to Clan City. Yeah, Aye, but he Aye. can take that. But they, they could have given the information that we think you've made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that kind of, they, they didn't give him any challenge. Exactly. Yeah. You know? He has the final say and that's the way it'll remain for now. Really far. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what changes. My general take is that, yeah, it, it, I don't like to see a foul given for that. You know, and I like to think benefit the doubt to the striker. Strikers union. Pa- partly when it's him. Aye. But um, in the modern game, it is a foul and, it, and it's a free kick and it's it's the decision all day long. It's just that it, there's nothing in it, but that's just what you get now with all the cameras on it. I, I'd like, you know, we're going to get to a situation that, you know, various commentators have said it now, but any any foul, no matter how light, and any sort of handball in the box is penalties. Mm-hmm. And I don't think yeah. that's good. No, I, I don't think that's a, a, a good trend. You know, there's got to be physicality in the game, but there's, there's guys have already popped up with examples of I think it was Livy got a goal chalked off against Rangers for you know a, a push in the box. So there's there's other examples that's benefited Rangers. Mm-hmm. The Hibs penalty that Cholak goes down for nothing. Neil McCann wants that boy sent off for that. And then yesterday he's saying the game's gone with fouls like this. So make up your mind, Neil. Yeah, and keep in mind that Morelos is a guy who hits the turf at any suggestion of, yeah. of contact in the box. So what goes around comes around and all that. There was a moment in the second half, I've not really watched much of the highlights and I, I don't know if this has been picked up, but John Suter's moving back towards his own goal, goal. he's in possession Shocker. and he does what I would call the Conor Goldson just I don't think there's any contact and he just oh dramatically <laughs> if anyone can't see the camera that's me doing my dramatic fall forward <laughs> he's under pressure but he, he, he does the fall forward and catches the ball and I'm thinking that's a handball to Celtic yeah, you know yeah. in our favour yeah. and it's just an easy call for the ref to say oh you know free kick to the defender so yeah uh, you know the, the debate will go on about the Morelos goal not goal I mean <laughs> the suggestion that they're writing to the SFA about that I don't know how true that is or not. That is embarrassing. We're going to get to their embarrassing behaviour post-match in a wee bit, but that's top of the tree if that's something they're doing. Um, The other notable thing about the first half was that there was five bookings. Um, Carter Vickers picks one up early, Bells, and I don't know how much contact there is on that I've seen that back now. Very harsh. Yeah. So I think that's eight minutes in. Then you've got McGregor and Raskin having their wee thing around about 39 minutes. O'Reilly picks up his booking for the foul on the edge of the box at 44. And then Cantwell... For one of several daft lunges he makes, he gets booked in 46 he des- minutes. He was very desperate in Saturday, that guy. J- just as an aside, there's a fella sits next to us and he was telling us at half-time, mixed emotions for him at half-time because he had £200 on Cantwell to get booked at any time. Oh. A crazy bet. I mean, crazy. well done to him, but that is a mad bet. Be- so bet responsibly, and I wouldn't suggest that as necessarily bet responsibly. Uh, <laughs> if that was one of his bets, I'd, I'd like to see the rest of his uh, card as well. But anyway, uh, an interesting take. But I think... His thinking was that, you know, Cantwell was eager to impress and looking to, you know, yeah, show himself up to the fans and all that stuff. So, yeah, so a daft lunge by him, get him booked in 46 minutes. Listen, it was a competitive game, but I don't think it was a particularly, you know, dirty game or anything no. over the top at that point. James, do you think Kevin Clancy brought the cards out a wee bit too early? I think he set the tone with Vickers. Um, Morelos has done what Morelos does, just histrionics. First, for, I don't think there was any contact. But you just see, it was a slightly clumsy challenge missing the ball and the man yeah but you can't get booked for that you know I think it's the nature of it it's just because he's came came through from behind that would be pace. Old, at, at that pace I think that that's the only thing for intent, me intent yeah but I don't even think there's no intent to take the players he's going for the ball what's he going to be didn't happen no I know I know so was he booking for intent ten? yeah because like, and, and nor, nor am I saying that's a booking by the way I just think that it's just the what's Clancy's thought process ah, it's the aggression it's the aggression that he's maybe shown coming in to try and get there to get the ball first what I'm a little bit worried about that and is it he doesn't need to do that there. No. In, in that area in the park. It's near the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. Like, and McGregor's uh, McGregor's right there. Exactly. Yeah. He just didn't need to lunge into that and listen, he's uh, he's allowed these mistakes. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Let's get to Kyogo. So the two goal hero once again. Um that's him now five goals in three games against Rangers. Once again, James, he was you know pretty quiet in spells, but when you need him most, he just comes alive in the box. He was, but I was watching him at various points of the game and his he's movement, I know we talk about it you know, a lot, but his movement's just ridiculous. Um, he maybe wasn't quite getting quite the service you know, that would have um, made the most of that. But see if you're the centre-halves. The reason Suter and um, Davies are making mistakes is they've had Kyogo buzzing about them mm-hmm. the whole game they and don't they're know where he terrified. He could, be, he could be right there. Turns out he is. Um, and it's just, you know, it's his efforts and his movement it creates that that nervousness in the defence. So yeah, not as many touches, but we don't anticipate many touches from him. The, the ones he gets, he's lethal on. Yeah, I think I don't know the stats. I've never watched this that closely or looked into it, but I think Hugo potentially makes anywhere between I don't know a, a dozen and fifteen of those key runs a game. 
And if he only gets one and that's the one that wins you the game, then that's fine. Again, you know, we spoke about uh, guys like Iwata and, and others being such good teammates. That's what Kyogo is. He always makes the run. Most of the time he doesn't get the ball. You know, the, the key pass isn't there at that moment in time. But instead of throwing the arms up or the toys at the pram, he just makes sure he makes the run next time and next time and next time. And eventually the ball comes across and, and that's been the case with O'Reilly's pass. Well, even, even the offside goal... Um... I don't think it's a case of the Rangers players getting out quickly. They looked in no man's land, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that that movement in behind, he's, he's a, <clears throat> a body away from getting it right. He His timing is just so, so strong. He needs the player that's going to play the ball in to be that yeah. yard quicker. Um, we, we do see so many wasted runs. We really do. And you think, oh God, if, we, if he was playing in a... I don't know if he was playing in a, a, a top league with a top team, a top four team in any any country. I, I wonder how many goals he would honestly score because I just think the guy is everywhere. He's lightning quick and he's just one step ahead of anyone in this league at the moment. Keeping in mind he had in yesterday uh, playing him in for a I while know, uh, over in Japan. Um, but yeah, could you imagine somebody like, I don't know, Luka Modric or somebody feeding in a Kyogo? Um, and I know, listen, we know Kyogo's, he's such a talent, he's such a fan's favourite. He is not that level he's not you know elite level but you do know that with better service as well and, and the service he gets at Celtic's pretty good you don't score 28 goals for nothing but with even better service than what he's currently getting he could hit crazy numbers I mean James the debate was on Radio Scotland after the game asking if he's been the best signing in Scottish football full stop in recent years do you think he has been? What's recent years? Like three years? <laughs> you decide I mean, is uh, I, mean I think if you, know, if you look back to guys like Dembele and stuff you know that was, that was huge signings I don't even know if he's the best signing in their team. I think he's outstanding, but there's there's so much competition for that accolade. He's obviously getting the headlines because he scores the goals. But hardest job in football, James. <laughs> Putting the ball in the net. Speaking as a former guy that missed a lot of chances. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you say you can certainly say he's, he's, he's top three and very possibly top top one. But there's a lot of competition from us for that accolade. Yeah. So James not saying he's the best, Paddy, but he's in the top one. What do you make of it? Aye, aye. Quite a quite a good position yeah. to be in. He might, he might make it. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's got to be certainly amongst the best in recent years, Paddy. I think so. I think uh, the question I wouldn't ask has he been the best recent signing. Yeah, a lot of people have asked the question lately: Is he the best striker since Larson at Celtic? And I think we're very early days in his career. I think um, we've spoken about this before, and, and son uh, Stevie Keenan's mentioned before as well. A guy that listens to the show. If Dembele stays fit in his first season, he's gone way past the thirty goal barrier. No bother. And I think we need to see that from Kyogo to, to start bring, bringing him into the same same breath as Henrik Larsson. Um, I think for me, Dembele just pips him at the moment. I think if we kept Moussa Dembele, a happy Moussa, Moussa Dembele, and we had him in this team, it'd be frightening. Yeah. But, I, I mentioned in a chat, with, in the chat that if we Dembele this season, yeah. our Champions League group looks a lot different. Aye, and that, that's no slate to Kyogo. No. He just, you know, it wasn't quite their form it's a new level for him maybe things like that so we can see what it's like next year and I've no doubt he's got the talent he just fluffed his lines a few times yeah. Dembele never fluffed his lines yeah and he's taken a different route and he you know Scottish football and European football this is all he, he's still less than two years in European football exactly. having spent his whole career in Japan um, but we do have him at a good age and it's one for another day but I wonder if he just commits his best years now to Celtic you know maybe thinks this is a good thing I've got here I'm absolutely adored he's got this brilliant relationship with the fans maybe if we keep him for another two or three years at this you know strike rate he's got going we're onto something exciting I think it would be good business if we did I really do I don't know what he's what we're going to get back for, for him if we do try and sell him 28 30 <laughs> 20 years old 28 years old I know I know I know I know <laughs> uh, no I think he's uh, yeah definitely someone you maybe just has a have as a bit as a bit of a focal point yeah, for this team he's shown once again that he's the main man on the big occasion um, Paddy when Celtic play in Europe we often get told that mistakes will be punished at that level and, and they often are and we've seen that painfully at times you know when Celtic have, have gone out in the big European nights um, on Saturday it was Rangers that found themselves in that position and the mistakes by Ben Davies and John Souter they were ruthlessly punished by Kyogo and by Jota yeah brilliant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a section I'll, finished I'll give you a follow up is that though the, the key difference between these sides Celtic made mistakes on Saturday right Aye. but we didn't really get punished by them albeit you know we could have done better certainly for the second goal I'm not blaming Hart for the first goal we'll get to that in a wee minute okay, okay. but in terms of you know Rangers made not a lot of mistakes at the back throughout the game but they've made those two with as I say Davies and Souter and absolutely punished for it is that the difference just now 
That is, is, is going back to kind of what I'm saying there, you know, it's the quality. Um, I, a guy that we looked at in Ben Davies, I'm very, very happy we never, we never went ahead with that signing. Um, you know, I just think that when it comes to the nitty gritties, he looks very, very uncomfortable in certain situations. And that's a perfect example there at the second goal. What I have to say though, watching it back again and again and again, is Jaw has no right to go in and no. get that ball, but he just knows I'm going to put myself here. The gamble. I'm reading yeah. this. Aye. Yeah. And he read it so well and just absolutely brilliant. And they were all on their heels when it comes off and comes to Kyogo, who are the two that are on their toes. I yeah. just, that's that is the difference for us yeah. with these games. I think also just decision making. Yeah. Why is Ben Davis not putting the heat right through that for a corner? Just he's, saying let's first the Jack, he's, try, he's trying to be clever. He's trying to be cute. Yeah. Jack did at Ibrooks with Kyogo's goal. Yeah. Trying to not lose a corner. Get that in the rose head. <laughs> yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. corners are okay. Yeah. And on that note, James, you know, Morelos, Kent, Tillman, Cantwell, Sakala, my favourite when he came on. There's next to no threat offered by any of them on the big occasion. And that is the difference. Kyogo needed to step up for us and he did. Yes. Jota needed to do something and he did. Their key men just didn't perform when required. It's not their game though. They're not a football team. You know, of the, the goals you mentioned earlier on, our 11 goals are all from open play. Of their five goals, how many for open play? Jeez, well, you've caught me there. No. Two. Right. Three, three set pieces, two open play and not a lot of goals. They don't create, they don't score goals. They're not looking to play football. So you're talking about guys there that you know, aren't necessarily, they're not big lumps and they're not great strikers. Of so if you say Tavernier and Barisic are their delivery guys and then you're going to throw a Goldson and a Cholak or whoever else at it and then Morello's picking up scraps. But they're not designed to play football. But I don't think, not I don't rate them, for example, but I don't think Kent's a hammer thrower. Tillman, you know, can't. Well, these guys can play football, but there's one thing doing it against, I don't know, whoever, Ross County, Motherwell, whoever you want to talk about, with all due respect, you need to step up. In Scotland, you need to step up against Celtic, if not beyond that, when you're doing stuff in Europe for your club. And this is a big occasion, and this is when they were needed, and they just did not produce. It's just, going back to things like, uh, even just talking about Jota this season, Jota had a bit of a quieter period, uh, we could say, come November, December. And it just obviously kicked on from from that break after the World Cup. Thirteenth goal in the league um, on on Saturday, and then you're you're looking against what is meant to be their best winger, a guy that's just. I'm surprised he even got a jersey on Saturday. I really am. He well, just one, did, uh, Ryan, Ryan Kent non existent. Yeah. Just didn't look yeah. interested. He scored three goals this year. Yeah, I, I've watched him and he, he's he's had an impact against Celtic in the past. And sometimes you see him pick it up and you go, "This guy's a threat. This could be a danger." There was. Nothing at all, zero from him on Saturday. You talk about Jota there, yep, 13 goals, but it's not just any 13 goals. He scores on match day one, right? Flag day against Aberdeen to secure all three points. Cracker. He, scored his, he scores his phenomenal goal against Rangers yep. in the 4-0 win. He scores at the weekend there. He scored against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. He's scoring when it matters, albeit, you know, that didn't count for anything in the end, but he's he can put that one in his CV, Real Madrid. Uh, not a lot can do so. So he's scoring in the big moments and I just think that's the, the key difference across the board. Did you see his Instagram post? No. Uh, he likened his goal to the Larson's third at Ibrox when he rounded Kloss. Yeah, I've seen that chat. And uh, Celtic reposted it and, and Henrik reposted it. Yeah. My, yeah. my man. <laughs> the bromance is on. Um, James, some, depending on what articles you read, but some will tell you that Rangers are only a couple of players away from competing with us. Some other ones will tell you they're seven or eight players away. But whatever it is, the the gap in squad qu- squad quality at this moment in time is pretty significant, isn't it? I mean, Michael Beale would say that's disrespectful. Yeah, he, yeah, he says he, a lot. Yeah, he's going to ship seven guys out in the summer. <laughs> How does that make any sense? Very contradictory Jeez, in his, in his statements. Maybe it has to. Aye, well, we'll see what happens there. Um, it, there's a, a chasm between these two teams. And, you know, the, for the first time in what we... 11 years in since the great events of 2012 um, a Rangers fan on Twitter today and fair play to him he went I can read a balance sheet this is very very bad and he went on to outline exactly what's going on and he spoke about sustainability regulations he said you know where's the money going to come from yeah. we just don't have it we've had to pay back the guys who you know gave up about their life savings and stuff to, to get you know to win the league in the Covid Cup all that stuff but <laughs> It just it's a, it's a big void just now it's going to be much much bigger in the summer because we've got work to do mm-hmm. and we're going to do it that's the thing people are saying oh, Rangers will add one or two and it'll, it'll be more competitive do you think Celtic under Rangers are going to stand still absolutely do you not. think we're just going to say oh, we've got a decent squad we'll just sit tight 
every window is an opportunity for Ange. Yeah. You know that already he knows who he's going for in, in the summer window. And who's going. And yeah. who's going out the door as well, absolutely. Even if you just look at the subs that have come on there uh, on Saturday, Iwata, Turnbull, Haxabanovic, O, Burnaby, there's genuine quality across the board. And Celtic use the five subs rules really effectively, don't they? We do, we do. It's, uh, it's something that, you know, actually, I kind of feel is a little bit unfair. That's my opinion on it. I think it's unfair as well, I, but it is I, what it is. But, so, oh, listen, yeah. mate, we're not going to knock it. If it's there, we'll use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we do use it to, to our ability. Um, it's refreshing half your team. Um, we're in a position just now, we're bringing on four or five players of extreme good quality that can replace who they're coming on as well. I always go back to that Rafe Rovers game last year when we won 4-0. And he was, his, his disappointment in some of the players that were given that opportunity to go and show for him. And, Scales and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then basically the level, he just knew then, you're not going to make it here. What we've brought in in the summer, those guys are all sitting on the, the bench. Do you think Awata's sitting there thinking, I'm comfortable here? Absolutely no chance. Yeah, yeah. See when he comes on. Absolutely no chance. He knows he'll be in that starting 11 next year. Last point in terms of the on the park stuff, what's the Bernabe doing when he's still oh, goal for Mate, <laughs> the, the ghost of dies in Maeda. <laughs> he, he squared it to Maeda, who he replaced. <laughs> like I, there's only one player that can keep up with me here. Oh, he was just trying to be too cute. I, I mean, know. Just get an effort on target. You feel so. for him, you feel for him, but. Oh, just put your laces through that, man. He could, he could, have, just, he could have just made for a relaxing end to the day, yes. couldn't he? But what, a couple of weeks he'd have yeah. had if he'd scored there, you know? I know. He kept it exciting mm. for the neutrals back home in Argentina, but yeah. uh, maybe just a, a rush of blood to the head. <laughs> Definitely. Let's have a look at the, the post-match noise and, you know, what I'm kind of calling the contrast, the stark contrast between the two sides. So post-match is where all the fun starts and I just want to be, take a wee look at the differences and responses to the game from the Celtic camp and the Rangers camp. You can hear it clearly when listening to Ange and to Michael Beale, but for this wee section, I just want to focus on a couple of the players involved. So let's start with Jota. Speaking after the game, he said, Our confidence comes from the daily work. It doesn't come from this week or the one a few weeks earlier or whatever. It comes from what we've been doing from day one because there's a foundation and there's a strong base in the background. We just focus on ourselves to start with. We have our ideas and we have our philosophies and we work according to that. And is a system that we need to follow and work with. And then it's all about the creativity and the talent of every player on our team. So yes, we focus on ourselves and we do our own thing. He was then asked if the, the league was over following the one on Saturday. And he replied, nope, absolutely not. There's still a lot of games to play. We just focus game after game because we already know how football works. We can't sleep on it. We're just going to keep on working hard and we're going to deliver performances every week. And first and foremost, before we get to some other comments, James, it just shows where he's at, you know, humble, hardworking and a real determined player to have in your team. He's such a grounded young man. I mean, he's, I think when he finishes football, he'll be a <clears throat> mindfulness guru or sports psychologist or something, you know. Philosopher. Just, ah, philosopher. Um, he, and that That's consistent with Jota the man. He always speaks that way. Um, remember somebody was saying something in October or something maybe be Rangers 4-0 or something is that that league over and he just went he laughed at the interview Aye. you know he just like don't be ridiculous thing. he's consistent with his message grounded and driven love it love to hear it same message came from the manager Paddy he was asked by BBC is the title over Ange and he said do you have a trophy That's, with you and then it's not over yeah. and it starts with Ange but it filters right through the team doesn't it it, it does because we also had the same for McGregor you know like we, we know how important a result it was but we we still we've still got to go over the line and listen I, I generally believe that this, this team has been set a target to go and win every remaining game I really do and I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago before getting into this game on Saturday there's three games we've got coming up against them and I reckon Managers previous would uh, highlight which one was the most important. You know, you look at you would want to win your your semi final, your game at Celtic Park, and if we lost at Ibrox, right, that that's okay. I generally feel with this guy, it's you win every single game, yeah. and that there's no ifs and buts about it. They're all as important as well. Exactly. Ange Postacoglu isn't going to Ibrox for anything less than a win. No, no he's, chance. He's not saying a draw would be fine or even a wee loss. He is yeah. all out for the win. And but I wonder if that changes mindsets on fans because they think they've got an advantage on that. If we can go and do the business there, and we can, then that might change their mindset as to all this nonsense about fans and low low fans and stuff. Well, I know obviously we're probably going to come on to this just now, but maybe and just maybe we start to get the respect we deserve as well. Maybe. I'll never come from them, but it should come from the media. I admire your optimism. Let's yeah. go on to them, Paddy, because this is where the fun stuff kicks in in terms of the post-match noise. So we'll start with Rangers captain James Tavernier. He said, amongst other things, 
Their second goal was a handball. <laughs> I don't believe. <laughs> which, I, can't, I can't believe they're sticking to that. Which absolutely wasn't. Wild. Uh, I also didn't believe our first goal was a foul, which I presume it means Morelos. Uh, these are the margins. You're coming away, come away there with zero points. That's what we didn't want to do. We're all disappointed. So I talked about Jota, James, humble, hardworking, honest, all these things. Tavernier, Paddy, delusional, deflecting, defeated. Playing to the fans. Yeah. Boring, mate. Beal's gone into that dressing room at the end of the, the game and in a way of thinking, oh, I know, know how to keep them upbeat for the, the cup semi-final. You didn't deserve to lose that, yeah. guys. You were robbed by the referees. There's your excuse culture that doesn't exist yeah. in Celtic Park. Seri- Absolutely. Serial losers, James. Yeah. Takes me right to my next point, James. You've, you've coined the phrase excuse culture. So, you know, when you hear Tavernier speaking or any of them, it's all a wee bit, a big boy done it and ran away. You know, it's not our fault. You know, it's you know we, we've done everything right. And instead of just showing a bit of humility and a bit of character, they allow themselves to fall into excuse culture. Yeah. And that's on the manager for allowing that to happen. I think <laughs> Celtic first posted uh, Wiley Coyote. I'll get you next time, Roadrunner. Aye, <laughs> that's <laughs> always next time. <laughs> Amazing. But um, as, you know, it's whether it's uh, Tavernier or anyone else, that they allow themselves to fall into that. Yeah, but it's, that's straight for the manager and that that's shown a real level of inexperience because that doesn't get you winners. No way. Well, he said the same, hasn't he? He spoke yeah. about it being a handball too. And it, I mean, the handball one, you're embarrassing yourself there. Really? I, I, I can't, can't, like, I can't fathom how they think this is the way to go. Are they putting pressure on VAR? Maybe. But, but try and do it with some kind of aye, something to back yourself up exactly. with. Exactly. You know? Ma- like, Martin O'Neill wrote the rule book when he came in in 2000 and he said, Rangers are the benchmark. You know, whether he believed that or not, he's saying outwardly, they're the benchmark, they're the best team in the country, they're what we have to aspire to, all that stuff. Just making the right noises. They're the right noises for a reason. Michael Beale comes in with next to no managerial experience under his belt and it just shows. Every sure. time he opens his mouth, he just shows himself as a guy who's not had to front up in front of the camera much. So he's thinking... I'll just be, you could call it refreshingly honest or you can just call it stupidly honest. Stupid. And he's just out there letting his, you know, open his mouth, letting his belly rumble and all that stuff. And he's allowing his players to do the same and it's it's only going to end one way. It's sound bites. It's sound bites. I've got a season ticket in you coming up. They've got a big game in the Scottish Cup coming up. Their season is coming down to this game at Hamden. They, they need some sort of confidence going into it. They, that's, that's all it is. It's sound bites. They're trying to appease what are already restless, angry fans. Don't worry, I've got a soundbite for you from oh. Todd Carwell. <laughs> so he follows on, you know, a wee bit later on, he's, I think he's jumped on Instagram to add his tuppence worth on things. So he says, we lost the game, they didn't win it. The disappointment is real. We continue to stick together and build in the right direction. This is a project and an exciting one. Stick together as one. Paddy, some might call that kind of chat birthday card pish. It's mm-hmm. not, not for me to say. <laughs> uh, but as Todd there says, the disappointment is real. What do you make of his comments? You should just put it in TikTok at his next Chris Bowen concert. Yeah, it's just cringy it's stuff. Boring, James, man. we didn't win the game. Apparently, they they lost it. What do you make of that? What is that? It, it's them all over. It's just it, it's birthday card push, like you say. It's, it, it means nothing, and it's again, it's just excuses, excuses. You know, you know. It's Paddy makes a good point. There's no respect for your opposition in there. You were beaten by a better team and beaten soundly, really. So, if you're maintaining your belief that you're a better team than us then you're, at some point you have to show in the pitch. Yeah. Funnily enough, I think Cantwell's uh, done a wee bit of backtracking. So he's, he's come out <laughs> since and said, no, 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 I didn't mean that. Uh, guys, guys, can we talk? Always, always respect your that. opponents. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think the whether they're speaking to the press or, or putting something out on their socials. Oh. See, see, the thing is, I think if, uh, you know, if, if Ange were taking, you know, their team just now and one of them came out with some of the kind of things that Tavernier saying, their feet wouldn't touch the ground. But the message should be, Celtic are still the, you know, the benchmark they were better than us in the day listen we'll be giving it our all next time around but mm-hmm. we know we've got a lot of work to do in the meantime you know play it down play it humble and then knock your pan in behind the scenes and have your own internal messages and you know how, however you want to motivate yourself but they're just getting it all wrong uh, out front and centre What's the difference for disappointment and real disappointment? Answer that one <laughs> Todd, Todd Cantwell will tell you Oh my he god knows. I think he's quite street Todd Cantwell so the disappointment is real is Really? Oh, oh, just yeah, real. Okay. Yeah. That'll win your games um, but no, just the, the very general point is that both teams seem to be just in a very different space just now. And I think you've mentioned, James, but it's going to be a very interesting summer if Rangers think they can just wave a magic wand at this squad and, and get to our levels. James, any final comments before we move on? No, just I think, you know, however you get there, you get there. It could have been much prettier from us. We'll learn a lot from it and it'll, it'll be lessons we can take forward in, in the next season. But, you know, there's your 12 points as a league. And now it's, you're looking at, 
you know, some of the stats that are knocking about, there's some real records available for Celtic here for this team. You know, for Ange, the players, strikers, everything is, is there for them. Um, so opportunities within that and then a real focus in that, that cup semi-final we came in for a real special season yeah there's, there is some exciting stuff beyond the treble the treble's got to be the big target whether the, the players say that out loud but there's loads of things going on even you know Saturday made it 30 games unbeaten domestically I think we've lost one in 64 league games or 16 games in the spin and we're now three games from mathematically securing the title so Angie's team as always continue to do their talking on the pitch Okay, let's move on to this week's Mystery Cell and we'll start with a quick reminder of last week's Mystery Cell for anyone who missed it. Uh, clue number one, having retired from playing, I'm now a coach at FC Mutualand. Clue number two, I signed for Tony Mowbray's Celtic and a deal worth in excess of a million pounds. And clue number three, I've got 13 caps and four goals for my country. The answer, of course, Paddy, was the great Dane. Martin Rasmussen. Martin Rasmussen. Did you get that one from your base all the way over in Bologna? I did, I did actually. Uh, just for the clues on the, the Twitter site, I got it. And I but obviously, my, my, my I just didn't tell him. Did uh, I, I, I just I, forgot. I was listening to it in the, the flight home. I'm like, "What did you say?" I never heard you say that at all. It's not, it's not a tenor, I guess. I, I did. I did. <laughs> no, you never. No, I didn't. He, he let you side down there. He did. Uh, I mostly. have a word with him. Scott is over the line many times on the mystery Celts so we'll give him that one. Team spirit there. Um, Paddy, your thoughts on Rasmussen's relatively short time at Celtic? Uh, not a bad striker. Just probably joining at the wrong time I think he was playing second fiddle to uh, Robbie Keane as well and I, I just Tony Mowbray time we'll not go on about that <laughs> yeah just a short fact file on him James so signed for Tony Mowbray Celtic in January 2010 scored the winner in a 1-0 win away to Hamilton in his second game for the club maybe around about as good as it got for him though uh, Neil Lennon obviously then replaced Mowbray and guys like Hooper Stokes and Samaras became the go-to guys up front uh, after a couple of loan moves, he eventually leaves permanently in August 2012, where he joined FC Mitchelland, and as I said, he's now their striker coach. Anything to add on Martin Rasmussen? No, when he, when he first came in, I thought oh, there's going to be something here, a real kind of penalty box kind of guy, you know. I thought well, there was there was a, a real talent there, but it, it never really transpired. And then, you know, looking back retrospectively, you can just see it was in that wash of lol signing any stuff, you know, just players in, and it was more about their contractual and financial positions rather than absolute talent so no, no harm to him wish him well but it just timing wasn't right for him I think that was I would probably call the the heart of Celtic signing nonsense time Aye. we signed some Pico, 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 you wonder why but you wonder if they were maybe privy that stuff was going wrong across the way and they were wondering do we watch our money here well that's how it turned it out looks like end, it. Aye. Yeah, yeah. Aye. I'm still waiting for Landry and Gwemo to come good <laughs> I, th I think he's still got something to offer. Same, same. He's still playing. <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to the, the listener's question, but when you, when you asked us earlier on, I did a wee bit of digging about kind of like, you know, back end of the squad players, and then Gwen was like, Jesus, there he's there. You know? <laughs> Larry and Gwen, what a guy. Uh, okay, so uh, let's move on to this week's Mystery Cell. As always, the first 10 listeners to reply with the right answer to the Mystery Cell on our Twitter page win themselves 30 days free of the Celtic Exchange Plus. Just head to our Twitter page at Celtic Exchange right now for details on that. So the score is currently 7-6 to you lads. Are you ready for this week's Mystery Cell? Always. Clue number one. I played for my country at Euro 96 in England and World Cup 98 in France. John Collins. It's not. But he did. I know. But it's not. <laughs> Clue number two. I've scored in a League Cup final win for Celtic. And clue number three, I signed for Celtic in September 1997 before retiring from, retiring from football in July 2000. And just to set a new rule for you and Miff and whoever else want to moan, you've got until I come back from reading out this next wee section to provide your final answer. All right. So, while the lads are having a wee think about the mystery cell, I want to provide you with a short reminder of the additional content we provide to subscribers over on the Celtic Exchange Plus. We produce extra pre- and post-match podcasts for every Celtic game, and we'll be doing so once again ahead of the visit to Rugby Park, where we face Kilmarnock on Sunday. As always, we'll be putting our pre-match podcast out on Friday afternoon, before then returning shortly after the final whistle on Sunday with our full match reaction show. Separate from the match day content, we also have a range of additional episodes, including interviews with ex-players, coaches, journalists and Celtic authors to keep you entertained and up to speed on all things Celtic. If you haven't already subscribed, you can experience the Celtic Exchange Plus right now, absolutely free, with our complimentary seven-day trial. Simply visit theCelticExchange.com slash signup, where it takes less than two minutes to get set up and to enjoy everything we have to offer our subscribers. Our all-in option comes in at just over £1 a week, so if you enjoy what we do and want to hear even more from us across the week, then visit theCelticExchange.com 
patreon.com slash sign up now. What you got, Paddy? Reggie Blinker. We'll get that guy beeped out. Yes! <laughs> Come on. It's like, a good answer. So, get in. so the score, <laughs> Miff will be delighted. The score is now 8-6 <laughs> to you, lads. Remember, if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery sale and want to win 30 days free of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pinned tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag mystery sale. Okay, let's now move on to the listener's question, which this week comes from Gary and Motherwell. Hello guys, it's Gary from Motherwell. I've listened to the podcast since the start and I've really enjoyed it, so keep up the good work, guys. So my question today to Tino and the guys is, who has been your unsung hero at Celtic? Either in the past or within the current squad. Someone that you loved, but maybe never got that full credit or recognition that you think they deserved. Mines has uh, got to be Tommy Johnson. Absolutely loved the guy. He seemed a really likeable character. Um, was obviously plagued at injuries with Celtic, but given that, I think his goal ratio um, was pretty good. Scored one or two really good goals and obviously a couple of important ones, like the one against St Mirren, uh, the title decider. But his touch was a bit iffy at the start, but composed himself and uh, slotted at home at the end. Um, so who's your guys? Thanks again and all the best. So it was a brilliant question from Gary and thanks to him for sending that in. He wants to know, as you heard there, our unsung Celtic heroes over the years. I'm going to break it into two parts and ask you first of all for your unsung heroes from the current squad before then taking a trip down memory lane for your heroes of yesteryear. But first of all, what do you think, James, of Gary's shout for Tommy Johnson? A great shout. Um, it's funny, Like the hardest part in looking at this question today was how unsung were they? Because Tommy Johnson, for a lot of us, you know, you've got them held in high regard it's maybe more that they didn't get the success their talent deserved and, and, and all these things so yeah Tommy Johnson was, was a great player obviously he did very you know important things but he was a real deadly sharp you know clinical finisher yeah yeah. yeah. I, I would echo what Gary's saying I absolutely loved him as well he's just such a likeable character scored that huge goal I think it was Martin O'Neill's first title you know got the, the winner against St Martin tried to control it his left didn't quite work out and then kind of lashed it in with his right foot um, but a great player before he came to Celtic I think Villa was his big shout maybe Derby and stuff he was a, yeah. a well regarded striker and I think he was just really unlucky that can happen to anyone but you know, nobody could fault him for what he brought to Celtic and the effort he put in. I think he came in at a good time as well, just a bit of an injection to the team um, under Tommy Burnside, am I right in saying? Was it Tommy I'll Burns? I'll let you check that. Maybe right. I, um, but I remember um, we had a game against, um, I think it was Falkirk, uh, and they knocked us out. Oh. I had to listen to it on the radio. It was a Scottish Cup semi-final, I think. Paul McGrillan scored, it was at Ibrox. Was it I? Mm. Aye. And... Uh, he did he he's, he put us in the lead and no, sorry he equalised in the the, the first game because it, it went to a replay I'm sure yeah. and I remember just thinking then like this guy's this guy's got something about him a game one of those strikers that scores the awkward goals mm -hmm. you know like Sutton-esque on the deck mm -hmm. uh, albeit Sutton was, scored a lot with his head but just he would get himself into like awkward positions just to try and get the the ball in there I thought he was just a very honest striker um, I like Johnson and I like that he. You know, the relationship he built up with a lot of the players and that that, that and old team as well. And I've, I, apparently very, very close to Henrik as well. And just, I, I seem to be a good guy around the team. So yeah. I wish, wish him all the best. Definitely a guy that played his part. So let's look at the current team first of all. Um, you said earlier on, James, there's lots of superstars on that side, not just Kyogo. There's, there's real, you know, big players there. Um, but there is a few that maybe go under the radar and I'm sure if Miff was here lads he'd be wearing his I Heart Greg Taylor t-shirt <laughs> you know for this section but what do you think first of all Paddy anyone that stands out in the current team? Do you know a really really good question I was struggling to, to get an answer for it, uh, for this current team um, but I, I think having looking at the celebrations with some of the players um, on Saturday the one that stands out the most for me is Stephen Welsh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think a guy that's just obviously knows his level Um He's been given a lot of opportunities to maybe, you know, be given that opportunity in, in this squad and, and play with this team and maybe realise it's not there. Um, but I sadly think he has kept around because of our uh, UEFA squad status as well. Um, but to show that emotion and love and just a proper Celtic fan as well, um, I'd say just having players like that around, just that reminder to the rest of the team how important this club is. So... I'd say Stephen Welsh for me. I think that's a great answer. And, and it, it kind of goes along the lines that I was thinking that maybe as a collective, it's it's the guys who are 
on the periphery at this moment in time. I include guys like Scott Bain. Mm-hmm. I think he's important as a teammate. Mm-hmm. I think Yuki Kobayashi, he's always there. He's always on the bench and rarely featured at this moment in time. But there's some great clips of Welsh. Welsh was as happy as we would have been on oh, Saturday yeah. when Celtic scored. Yeah. Just, you know, a fan that a happened fan. to be wearing the kit at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think they're so important to what Ange does. Ange has mentioned guys like James Forrest as well in that. Can I know James is injured just now, but he talks about how important it is that they perform in training because that allows them to put on the types of sessions and the type of intensity they do. So I think it's the guys that aren't currently featured much that are just knuckling down and being professionals behind the scene that are maybe the unsung heroes of the current squad. Anyone else for you, James? Two right back uh, options. I think there's a there's a slight chance of not unsung, but we're kind of taking Alistair Jones for granted because he just came in, slotted in, goes about his business, does his job, up the road. And it's, you know, we barely mentioned him think pre-match and post-match last week and stuff and you're going oh wait a minute you're just kind of going I I know you're going to give me at least 7 or 8 out of 10 Mm -hmm. every single week Mm -hmm. and I think that level of consistency coming in cold to a new team coming off the back of a World Cup campaign so there'll be more to come from him of course and he'll he'll be getting the accolades he he deserves but Johnson and um, uh, Tony Ralston for me uh, there's various ways we could have won the league last season Ralston at Ross County is, is the biggest one for me and I think we've really, really missed him mm-hmm. you know, in going out for injury and I just want to see him back, fit, pushing Johnson but also pushing his own career because he's shown the levels he's got within him and he's still, not from us but from maybe Scottish media and Scottish other Scottish football fans have him as the guy who was out and loan at St Johnson and d Wright and all these kind of things mm-hmm. and he's not, he's, he's an outstanding talent he's really a bit like Taylor he's understood what he can and what he can't do yeah. and how Angie's system works and how he can you know, play to his best within that and score some really important goals. So, yeah, if I was going to lean to, to any, Ralston. Yeah, I think it's a very fair response. I would say uh, a good question we were all talking about at the weekend as well about Alistair Johnson is who is better, Hammer Hammerjanovic? Uh, for me, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, Johnson. Aye, yeah, okay. uh, think about the head, the mentality and no, the mindset. No, no, you know? uh, no. That's and, a, f- and everyone loves Juranovic for what he brought but in terms of He's, he's just he's got more all round to offer I think he's, he's he's such a good defender first and foremost but he seems to have something going forward and he just seems to really I don't want to say he just gets it but he no. kind of does I think what you said there for me is the defensive side I can't wait to see him in Europe next year mm-hmm. he's yeah. very disciplined he's very Stingy. disciplined and as James says he he does tend to go under the radar he got man of the match on Saturday I think he got man of the match last week against Ross County but he's there's no fanfare about him you know it's when Kyogo and Jota and all these guys kind of well, these guys by their nature and, and the kind of flair players they are, they kind of take the headlines and cause the headlines. Yeah. The right back, Arthur Johnson, just does his job and goes up the road, as James says. And right. I, I would say he's possibly the epitome of, of an unsung hero. Um, okay, and what about uh, from back in the day? So is there anyone that springs to mind from down the years who maybe just didn't get the credit they deserved in a Celtic shot? Come to you first, James. Uh, I took a screenshot of it and it's on my phone, which is video on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't quite remember. Um, I mean, to a degree... It's, it's someone who was highly, highly sought after and, and the youth talent that every single club or many, most, most clubs in the UK wanted was Peter Grant. I wouldn't say necessarily talent-wise he, he, he kicked on, but he was the spirit of Celtic in a really, really tough time. And a lot of people didn't fancy him because the performances sometimes weren't there. But for me, he was a bit of an unsung hero in, in, in that era because... There was no singing to be done. Yeah. You know. There was no sung heroes. Um it's an interesting response. I shared our primary school teacher, uh, a guy called Mr. Bradshaw, he was a brilliant guy, John Bradshaw. We had him around about primary six, primary seven, and he had previously taught um Peter Grant, I think, out in Chapel Hall at St. Aloysius, if I've got that right. And he used to rave about it at the time because he said he wasn't the best player. He said he was a talented boy. But his attitude was everything. He was just so committed to his football and, and just put so much into it and he deserved everything he got. And listen, he won't go down as the, the best player, you know, of any era for Celtic, but in terms of committed and important. And again, we've spoken a few times in this show about good teammates. I bet his teammates speak well of, of what he yeah. done. Paddy, what about yourself? Uh, who jumps to mind for you? I'll probably come across a wee bit controversial controversial with this one Uh, don't like me don't like me no for me actually Rab Douglas Um, oh yeah I just think we we put a lot of blame onto Douglas for Seville Um, and I think different circumstances affected that full game Um, I always think back to to Douglas in the run to Seville and some of the 
massive saves he made for us. I, I go back to the games against uh, games against Liverpool, for example. He made an incredible one-on-one save with Michael Owen. And then at Celtic Park, he's got a 25-yard shot for Gerrard going in top bin. And he Who? just... Ah, mm. That clown. Aye. Uh, he got in top bin and he, uh, he he just palms it over over the bar. I just thought his performances in the run-up to the final, um, we can't forget about that. We can forget about the final, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and, uh, and apparently just a, an all-round good guy. Did you see the, the bit of media from the weekend there? So he was warming up before his game. Is it... He's still a coach at Arbroath. Arbroath he was playing. He, he's, I was going to say, he's actually still registered. Did he play? Amazing. Don't know, but he was certainly doing the warm-ups and stuff like yeah. that. Anyway, he shared one that's in the crowd and he went to go and check and it was a wee kid. He and stuff like that. I was like, you're right. And he followed up after the game with the guy's dad, made sure the guy was all right. Just an all-round good guy and he was yeah. a great guy to have around our team. You know, I'm not saying he was you know the greatest keeper in the world, but he had his, he had his moments. Yeah. And I think you're right, Barry, you know, Probably I'm guilty of it myself, but putting all that on one guy when there was, you know, 11 guys plus subs out to do the Aye. job, you know. And, and a guy, and nothing against Big Baldy as well, but he got oh, recklessly sent off as yeah. well, you know. I just yeah. think but a lot that, of us... But that one's on a new. No, true, true, true. Well, <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting right. Oh, you can't be saying that about his pal. Your pal, mate. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic podcast give Martin a new grief. No, no he should, he should have subbed him. Come on, he should have subbed yeah, him. Difficult yeah. decision to make at the time, though. But uh, listen, in terms of going back to Rab Douglas, Celtic got 120 minutes to win that game. Yeah. And yeah, you're right, Paddy. You can't just isolate it to a moment. And he seems to be a, a big character and a strong character. Yeah. I know you're doing a bit of goalies union stuff. That's your position, and you're leaning towards that. But I think it's a good answer and, and very well justified. For me, um, it's a guy who's making some headlines just now for what he's doing off the park. It's Barry Robson. He's got Aberdeen that in a really good position and, and well yeah. done to him for doing so. And specifically for the impact he had in that title for Tommy in 2008. He only arrived at Celtic in the January, but then he had some huge moments. Uh, least of all, scored me his very first touch against Aberdeen. Come on and hit the free kick. Great goal. He scored against Barcelona, albeit it was a 3-2 loss. And it hit his head. <laughs> it still goes down as B. Robson in the charts and he scored the, the match winning penalty against Rangers in the hugely important 3-2 win against them in April so I thought the most important was Christian Daly but oh, just 100%. smashing Christian Daly set the tone set the tone played its part but he's a he's a guy who then moved on fairly quickly you know when he arrived people raised their eyebrows and you know he'd kind of gone to Inverness to try and make things work but I thought he was an amazing character when you see him speak he's really impressive nowadays actually mm-hmm. uh, you wish him I think all Celtic fans will wish him all the best but he would definitely fall in that category of, of unsung hero for me I think most Celtic fans would say him and Hartley won his league that year yeah, yeah, really yeah it's hard, hard to disagree yeah. with that so it's a really good question and it's a it's a good one for kind of bouncing around by mates down the pub yeah. or whatever if there's any we've missed maybe send us a wee message on Twitter using the hashtag unsung Celts and we can have a wee bit of fun with that one there and finally a big thanks again to Gary for the question and his long term support of the show we really appreciate it if you want to submit your question to us for discussion on any future shows then you can do so in one of three ways you can leave a voicemail directly on our website via the microphone icon on the bottom right of any page of the site secondly you can send a message on social media at twitter instagram or facebook and thirdly email me directly on tino at the celtic exchange.com time for this week in Celtic Media. Each week we dig out something of interest from the week past in the world of Celtic Media that we think you, the listeners, will enjoy. James, you've got something for us here about a player that I think we're all pretty excited about. Yeah, and that's kind of why I picked it out, really. So it's Tomoki Iwata doing a kind of get-to-know-you Q&A from, from the, the Celtic TV guys. And, you, you, you know, that's why I've picked it out, because we're going to be seeing an awful lot more of this guy in the next, you know, two, three years. And it's just quite simply, you know, would you prefer this or that? And it's just a bit of fun with the with the media team, but it gives you a further wee insight into him and his family life and his kids and all that kind of stuff. So recommend that that to anyone to get another wee insight into Tomoki. Yeah, it sounds an interesting me watch. So Paddy, I'd mentioned this um, just the weekend. They turned twenty six on Friday, yeah. and I think on that note, and I know some of the the way the system works in Japan, some of the players come through a bit later. We've you know we've seen it with Hitachi and otherwise, but I think we're maybe getting a water getting into what will absolutely be his prime years. We've seen what we've seen now is various cameos from him. He got his one start against Ross County last week, but I think he's just a really exciting talent, and it's it's going to be great to see him develop this season and beyond. It really is. I think um, what's been very clever with a lot of the a lot of his and just signings, especially the January signings, there probably has only been a handful that have hit the ground running and have been in the starting lineup every week. What we're now starting to see is that they're all getting this bit of time. We get a bit of time to integrate, understand the setup, the system that we are going to be playing every week and looking at how we, we try and bring that into Europe as well next year. So 
massive, massive hope for him for next season. I wouldn't be surprised if now, after after so. Moy's performance and nothing nothing against Adam Moy, I just think Moy needs games. Uh, and I think if he if he misses one, misses two, it'll take him one or two to catch back up again. Um, but I do think we'll start to see a water for the running for this season. Um, what I think, forward. what I think is really exciting is out with whoever Celtic sign, and it's a real important window. You know, if Celtic are looking to compete in Europe. The summer window is going to be huge for that. But out with who we sign there, I don't think you can underestimate the importance of what will be the the second season for four of the five subs actually that came on. So obviously we're talking about Iwata just now. We've not seen the the half of it from Haksabanovic, no. right? He's got next season to step up. Always got to come into his own. And Alessandro Bernabe will hopefully continue to develop. The question mark is David Turnbull. We've spoken about David Turnbull yeah. at length and we'll continue to debate him. And hopefully he can also, you know, rediscover his top levels. But there's players at Celtic who are only scratching the surface, James, of, of what they're going to offer. And Iwata absolutely falls into that. Yeah, but, you know, we're, we're now starting to see, you know, the, the palpable relief from uh, the fans when Iwata came on. I mean, a lot of it was because Moy was going off. Um, and he was on a booking and all these things and he had a tackle after his booking that he managed to back out of but the relief when the water came on calmed everything down and just was, was shown and was just composed I, I think he's really staked his claim there to say you know I'm no, no, nowhere near out of place so he, it, in this team the first 11 I'm ready get me in um, we're going to see an awful lot from him but as Europe, I'm really looking forward to seeing him because, you, you know, you suggest to yourself think early, early in the season you might end up with a, a double six in Europe sometimes. McGregor and Iwata, very defensive, but very composed. Yeah, I, I'm quite sure that's what the plan is. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll obviously wait and see, but I'm quite sure that that's what he'll do. But I think he's also shown, least of all on Saturday when he came on, that him and Callum McGregor can play in the same midfield in Scotland yeah. as well as in Europe. Great. And he's just, he's an athlete, Paddy. He's really, really sharp. He's, he's, he's a machine. Mm-hmm. He looks really kind of, you know, kind of square shape-wise. He looks really physical. And he just seems to have a lot of strings to his bow there. Have we seen him, McGregor and Tatati together yet? I, I'm no. trying to recall. I, that's going to be exciting. That's the big one for me. I wonder if that's Celtic's midfield three moving forward. I, mm, I think it I might think, be. I think so. It just depends where you're putting McGregor within that. Is he up with Hattati? It might be as flexible as that. I think in Scotland it is up yeah, with Hattati because you don't have two sixes in Scotland. Yeah. So when we're playing domestically, I think there's that opportunity. Both you can, can easily o- drop. You can also yeah. be very flexible in game. You know, Angie's spoken about players having the autonomy to make those calls. And I wonder if, you know, McGregor's savvy enough to realise that if Celtic were under the cosh for whatever reason, he could just drop that bit deeper with Iwata and just kind of, you know, move that triangle around a wee bit. So it's exciting, but I think, you know, Iwata's one of just a number of guys to get excited about. So as James says, it's a good wee watch. I think it's called Quickfire Questions with Tomoki Iwata. You'll find it on Celtic's YouTube channel, but as always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for the episode. James Celtic are clocking the games off and it's another important one at Rugby Park on Sunday. As Ange says, though, you get the same three points for beating them as for beating Rangers. So your thoughts on what lies ahead and any final comments for the week? Kind of nastily. I hope it's the last time we have to go to Rugby Park for a wee while. Um, they're, they're, Nasty. They're... You know, flipping around the, the relegation zone. Um, I think the D-rated have made that their own right enough. A big um, one for them yesterday, uh, though. They're, still, they're a good, good yeah. bit off I the really hope. I really hope uh, Jim Goodwin keeps them up. I oh, really so do. Yeah. Really I'd, 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 I'd like you rated to stay up, for sure. You know, Tanadice is one of your away games you always want in the calendar. A great trip. Um, and if it was between uh, Ross County and Kilmarnock, it's Kilmarnock, that's all I'm after. And, it's, and it, if, if I'm going to be honest, it's the pitch. You know, that, that stuff has no place in, in Premier League football. So, um, go down there at the weekend. Tough, you know, it's a, it's a place you can pick up injuries and that's a worry coming up towards a, a really crucial cup semi-final at the end of the month. So, it's, there's a wee bit of maybe rotation required. There was a wee bit, wee bit of tiredness in the squad on, on Saturday there. So, let's, you know, see if we can rest that. It might be one for Moy to start on the bench and come on with a good half an hour Aye. it may be one for me to miss entirely if the pitch is an issue for him so I think you need to play I, I know I, I know the, the kind of momentum of it all yeah. um, but I don't know from the start you know maybe it's just you know, bear him back in because I think, I think it was too much for him on Saturday in Aye. terms of he wasn't ready and we've pitched him in because you know he's put his hand up and said I'll do it yeah know? but you know what he'll have another week of training and Ange trust him uh, listen yeah. I, 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 I'm giving him a full pass on just a guy having yeah, a bad same. game I, I oh, think there's injury done in that Absolutely. We, we know enough about him that he's got the talent and he's, he's had one on Saturday that's fine but he's got the, the mental strength. The guy's played at World Cups. Yeah. You know, he can pick himself up and go again. So we'll see what Ange does moving forward. Paddy, your dream of winning the title by 20 odd points remains alive and well. Your final comments as we head into another important week. My dream of 20 points and my 120 goal target is, is still inside. They're, they're both alive and it's kicking. Still from here, 113 here. Aye. Mm. Ah, 
You, you came up though, didn't you? You were... I think, was, I think I was at 105 or something. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Had to yeah. drag him up. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too made, negative. You reminded me of many games we still had to play Rangers and I was like, ah, of course, uh, right, of course there's the goals there. Them. So, we're, <laughs> so we're now on 98 goals for the season. But yeah, your final comments, Paddy, just in general terms. It's just, like I say, I, I, I think it was a lot closer than people maybe realise on, on Saturday and, and we can say all we want, oh, we, 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 we didn't play well and we still beat you. The matter of fact is, we are a more like, better quality side than than what we're up against, and that is massive. When it's it's obviously the the, the last ten years, eleven years in the league, we, we've we've dominated things, right? But you go back to the new era, you go back to uh, the nine in a row era that they had they had won, and that quality thing was always what kind of seen the team through. That's what we are as a club now. That is where we are, and I don't see it changing. I only see us getting stronger. And I don't see much of a challenge coming from elsewhere. So yeah. it's a brilliant position to be at. Absolutely. And as, as we covered earlier on, Celtic aren't standing still. We're in a good position and we're only going to get stronger. So that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James and Paddy for joining me today. And as always, our thanks to you for listening. Remember to send your mystery cell answer to us on Twitter for your chance to win a free month of the Celtic Exchange Plus. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com slash sign up where you can start your free seven-day trial and enjoy all the additional podcasts we'll be featuring there this week. But in the meantime, for myself and the team, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.